As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Shooter Magooder. I don't have the energy. Doesn't have the energy tonight, but you know what? We did get a nice little watch party going we had on. A here. Nice watch party. It was um jaded because it is a monsoon here right now for some reason. My basement is currently flooding. While we're doing this, this is how much I love you guys our listeners, my basement is flooding as we're talking to you. Instead of dealing with that, I'm sitting here podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is exactly how much we love you. That's where my priorities are. We have to make sure that we get this in. We'll pull an all-nighter if we have to, which Seal very well might be doing. Yeah. What do you mean, we? <laughs> well, I meant just, you know, whatever. I, I'm back in the office, too, so I've got my own problems, That's but fine. they are very small compared to your problems right now so i'm just gonna take a step back i appreciate that get a little perspective just gonna take a step back here and uh not complain about my shit uh but yeah no we uh we had a good little watch party which we do for certain events we did it for the vpr reunion we did it for the last couple episodes of vpr anytime that there's something big going on that we want to talk about we always try to do it together to give you guys the best content yeah it's just it's always about you guys and i don't want my sarcastic tone early on to take away from it i'm thrilled to be podcasting it's actually taking my mind off of the fact that my basement is a pool right now Yep. and maybe i'll go for a dip afterwards you know make the most might as well that's i was actually gonna say if you considered letting the water win just put an indoor pool in your basement and just let it all in i think that would be cool except like the mold factor is probably not great and like at this point in my life i have battled against this so many times i was outside today in the rain shoveling dirt towards my window wells you know what let me just let me just stop <laughs> yeah and just say this hold on and then we'll move on and then i'll be happy whoever lived here prior to me is such a dick because all of the renovations and the things they start like decided to just insert into this house they just drilled through the foundation of the house to add like electric lines, a fucking phone line. No one uses home telephones anymore. That's where the water comes in. And then instead of sealing off the window wells, they sealed them off with concrete and then drilled into one of them to put a fucking phone line through it. You can't drill through an empty window well and leave the hole open outside. You just put some concrete in the hole. Brother. (laughs) I've Have you you thought about sticking some caulk in there? If you do that, it is not that simple. So if you fill it with concrete, it can work. However, if there is a crack in there while it's filled with concrete after the fact, now you're really fucked because you don't know where the concrete crack is and you would have to... It's a whole... Trust me. Okay. Crack. It's tough to say. It's just a lot. Okay. Sounds like a lot. It's just a lot. It's but a lot. I always feel better after we do this, and I apologize to all of you for for yelling. Let's let's bring it down. It's okay. Let's do a sound bath. We'll recenter. I'll do a sound bath with you for this one. Wow, that's strength yeah. and solidarity. That's yeah. how you know that this is a true. I'll bring friendship. my AirPods though. That's not the same thing, but I guess if you're there in person, yeah. we'll Nobody start said What the sound has start to be? I'm just small. bathing in my own the the sound of my own choice. There's just, there seems to be some feedback. What is is that? DMX. <laughs> <laughs> You just hear, coming out of your headphones. (laughs) Quite the opposite of what you want. 
<laughs> Although, you know, who doesn't relax to a little DMX here and there? Yeah, I love a little DMX. I could use DMX right now. I just go down to my basement and break some things. That's what I probably that would need. work. Yeah, that would, but anyway, how are you? Tired. Yeah. But, yeah look, I, again, I'm not going to reflect on my day. Uh, back in the office sucks big time. However, we've got a big Bravo event that was going on. So that's all I'm focused on. Yeah, and our watch I party wanna, was nice. We had a nice watch, watch party. Watch party was great. Came over, actually steel scared the shit out of me because he said that it started at nine. And of course, anytime that we need Bravo to start on time when they usually do, they always go the opposite direction. But they, they always try to screw us specifically. But I got the information wrong. It was at eight, which is not, we love an eight o'clock show around here. Oh yeah. Eight o'clock is lovely. We get to podcast at nine. It's, it's a much better setup than the nine and 10 thing, but this will bring up the vibes. Okay. It's, it's theory time. Cause I got a good one. Ooh. And we talked about it briefly. But I have our theory for the week, and this will this will bring the vibes up. And I really like this one. We, I brought it up before, but we didn't get into it. You picked a different one. I wanted to talk about this one because I love this movie. <laughs> Grease. It's Grease. Okay. So the Grease theory is this. Can I guess what it is and just yeah. ruin everything? Sure. Because I I already know a Grease theory. No, I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, it's not ruining it because then we're going to discuss it. So it's all good. Is it that the the entire movie was a dream? Yeah, fever dream because Sandy died. Yeah. So on the summer holiday. When they were bopping around in the water or whatever. Some loving had me a black. She drowns. Okay. <laughs> so Sandy's dead. While she's dying, this whole thing plays out in her head. Because Danny has told her about his high school. So she knows about it. So she actually goes to the high school in the dream. That's why there's so many fantastical events happening. I.e. the car flying away in the end. There's another tie-in here where people say that it's just a dream for everybody. Because they're always fantasizing about certain things, and you see like the where they're kind of nodding off, and then something takes place. But back to the original theory, what are your thoughts? Do you think that that's actually what happened? Do you think Sandy drowned, and then this is her kind of Jacob's Ladder scenario? It's a possibility. Um, there has to be, because there are rumors like this that surround a lot of movies and TV shows. Like I just read one today that, uh, do you remember the cartoon Ed, Ed, and Eddie? Sure that they died and the entire thing was just them in the afterlife. And that's all it was. But the creator of the show never confirmed that, but he has let the rumor fester for like 20 years now. And it's very plausible, but he's, he hasn't addressed it at all. This is a little different. Uh, who was the director for Greece? I have no idea. Okay. I figured you might know that offhand. No, it was originally a movie. It was originally a play. It was then turned into a movie. I know that fair point. I don't know who the playwright was either though. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think it's plausible. I think that something Lothier. L-A-U-T-H-I-E-R. Is that right? Did I just pull that out of my ass? I hope so. Why don't you just go ahead and do that while yeah, I figure this out? But no, yeah, I do think that when it comes to creative directing and the things that you want to kind of vaguely put out there and let the viewer's mind kind of wander, I like that. I think that's a lot of fun because I personally love theories and I love it when you can take it a different way. Obviously, there are more mind-blowing movies like Interstellar and Inception. Usually it's a Christopher Nolan movie, obviously. But they're intentionally They're intentionally like yeah. that, exactly. This is a lot more fun for me because it goes into what we were talking about before, which, by the way, I was watching something. Was it Southern Charm or Potomac? Somebody brought up Titanic. I think it was Potomac. Did you know that Titanic was not a true story, the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know? Oh, God. We'll get to that later in the week. I cannot wait to discuss that thing. But yeah, no, I, I really enjoy that because it gives us a little bit of something to think about. And guess what? It makes us go back and rewatch the movie. So yes, from a director standpoint, it makes sense. So you think Sandy's dead? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, 
I don't know if I buy it, but I love it. And I love the, like you just said, giving these random weird dynamics to these movies that we've seen already makes you reinterested in them. And I will also add, I'm not loving all of the content out there today, movie wise. So I've started to dip my toe back into some old classics. Two things are true. And then we'll get to Bravo. Don't you worry. Not all of them hold up, which is a bummer. I've rewatched some things and I'm like, I'm afraid to rewatch things because I don't think that they're going to hold up. Yeah, you should be. There's a few that fall short. I'm not going to name them because some people might still love them, but it's interesting because you'll be watching and like 10 minutes in, you're like, oh, and then there's also, you get too far back. We're talking like seventies and eighties and you're like, oh, you know what the funny thing kind of touching on that, the comment that you made about, did you know the Titanic wasn't a real story? Obviously the ship sunk. People have more issues with this, like the preamble, with the things that we say here. They get offended by those things, like John Lennon and the Beatles, than they do about our Bravo opinion. (laughs) It is 95% of this show is us talking about Bravo and spilling our opinions and doing this and that and whatever. And we have some hot takes. And I love the people that comment and say, I still love you guys a lot, even when I don't agree with you. That makes the most sense to me. We get mean comments because we make a comment about something in pop culture that they don't agree with. Correct. I think that's beautiful. You know what that means? We're Bravo experts. We have been called Bravo facto. experts. Ipso facto, I'm your boss. But I still, you know, we don't know if the Beatles were in the Illuminati or not, guys. Don't do it again. We do not know for sure. Don't open that wound. I don't think they were. But prove me wrong. <laughs> anyway. A lot of one-star <laughs> reviews because we're doing this. That's the funny thing. Just fast forward then if you don't like this well, shit. That's a, like, I'll go through the... Re- obviously, we do reviews all the time because we do Rose and Thorn. All of the one-star reviews have nothing to do with our actual <laughs> content. It is always about something we say before we actually get into an episode. Just fast forward it. Just, we're not going to stop doing this. It. it makes us happy. It helps us open up. Like You have to understand, Richie, from a creator standpoint. This loosens us this up. This loosens us up. You want the us, wheels. You want us to get into the Bravo right away? We cannot get in there nice and raw. There's got to be some foreplay, oh, baby. God. Yeah, you like that? No, I hated that. Yeah. Let's get into Bravo get now. Bricked up. We got, uh, I don't want to talk to you anymore let's do our power rankings you fucking weirdo (laughs) i you know what fine power rankings are episode one of the salt lake reunion number two is next week's episode of salt lake and number three is next week next week salt lake i agree and i've got southern charm at four yep i'm still up there (laughs) i'm right there with you that's the perfect power about anything else going on right now it doesn't matter we'll get back into beverly hills we'll get back into potomac we watch potomac we decided there's nothing going on in Potomac, we don't so we that. will fit it into another episode, but right now we want to make sure that we give this reunion as much content, as much thought and discussion as possible. I agree, because there's a lot to unpack. But before we dive into the episode, don't forget we got our live show on January 25th at the Green Room 42. It is going to be an absolute blast, so make sure you get your tickets now. It's a Thursday night. We are going to be there. We got a very special guest. I can't announce who it is yet. Shooter doesn't even know who it is because I just got the text message. But it's a great guest. You're going to want to come out and see. But you're also going to come out and see the bros. Come hang out with your bros, man. Hang out in person. Have a good time. Get your tickets because they are selling really, really fast. On top of that, we have another show in March, March 6th in Philadelphia. We're bringing it home back to where it all started, baby. We're going to the City Winery shoots. 
How do you feel about that? Feel pretty good about that. I know my way around there. I'm going to feel very comfortable. They have a great right green room. Great green. It's a big, big green room. Yep. Yep. So uh, make sure we bring our own speaker so we can get hyped up a little DMX. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. We got to do some DMX. <laughs> maybe we'll dog in here. Maybe we'll walk out to DMX. We might have to. We now. could. Yeah, we, we might can make our to. own thing. Yeah. What do we want to walk out to? DMX. Hey, which song? where my dogs at? Or where my hood at? Because it's Philly. Yeah, we could do that too. Where the hood? Where the hood? Where the hood at? Buy a ticket, buy a ticket, buy a ticket now. <laughs> tickets for that will be up later. We're going to focus on the New York show. Yeah, New York show. Uh, tickets for the Philly show go on sale Friday. So make sure that you set your reminders or just listen to the show. We'll make sure you guys know. But get those tickets January 25th, Green Room 42, New York City. It is coming up quickly. Tickets are going quickly. So make sure you get those tickets now. The, the risk of running a three-part reunion. We've seen it multiple times. We saw it with Beverly Hills. It gets stale. They're, the first one usually hits okay. It's a good warm-up. You're like, all right, I'm into it. The second one always drags. The second one is always filler trying to get to the big reveal in number three. I think, and this is like famous last words, I think there's enough here, and they did a good job in episode one, which was a solid episode. That's a solid reunion episode. Not the best I've ever seen. Certainly not a bad one. It was great. But what they did well was they, they gave us a taste of the Monica stuff without using it up all like we haven't really gotten into it but we got enough to get some reactions out of her to spark the rest of the ladies and get them riled up a little bit and then andy shifted focus and we went through the other women so i think that it was a good setup i think that there's enough here that they can make this a three-part success and that would be the first one i've seen i've yet to see a three-parter where i'm like enamored the entire time that's a really good point i actually want to take a moment to praise the rest of the women during the reunion Mm -hmm. Because they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. Jump all over they Monica. They brought things... Well, yes, that that's the one thing that was very apparent. They were not going to just jump all over Monica like we saw on VPR. They have kind of taken a step back, and they're addressing other things that happened this season. And maybe that's partly Andy, maybe production, or somebody else has kind of talked to everybody and let them know, hey, we're going to save this for episode two and three. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't care because it worked out really well. There are a lot of things being discussed, and a lot of them are rumor-centric in this episode. And the easy, low-hanging fruit is to say, Monica started it right, immediately. Yeah. She's only actually associated with the things that she was associated with during the season. So when it comes to Sean and Angie, when it comes to what Meredith was talking about, when it comes to Whitney's life, they could easily just push it over to Monica and then just start yelling at her. And instead, they're addressing it how it should be addressed during the season like we saw like yeah we know Monica wasn't really a part of that she brought up the Angie and Sean rumor but they're not immediately just blaming her for everything they're allowing themselves to address another person whether it's Meredith whether it's Heather whoever else was involved and I appreciate that a lot and I think that's got to take a lot of willpower from the rest of them to not just blame it on Monica right away yeah and I was afraid of that because we saw that in the first episode of the VPR reunion as you referenced already and that was a big big turnoff for me when we watched that i was so excited for it i remember we had our discussion afterwards i was like that sucked Mm -hmm. i was just watching people talk over each other and everyone's trying to get their digs on sandoval i understand why it happened and i'm not saying it was the wrong approach just because there was so much raw emotion and people wanted to get their shots in i got where they were coming from it didn't make for great tv the ability for these women to kind of sit back and let things play out before they jump in. I really did appreciate the fact that they're able to separate the Monica issues from the other issues they had amongst each other was really refreshing to see. They're they're addressing everything so we get to build up to what we really want to talk about, but at the same time, 
I noticed, and then we'll jump into the reunion, but I did notice that there was much more understanding and reasoning throughout the other women. Like they're going off on each other a little bit, but they're reeling it in towards the end. And I think that that's simply because they have a common enemy. They have Monica that they're all up against. So I think that they're going to have a reunion in which they're going to be able to squash all of their shit. I bet you we walk out of this reunion, everybody, the original women plus Angie K are going to be cool for the most part, or at least cordial, because they have a certain person that they can point at, and that's Monica. I think that's a pretty good prediction. And I, I know we're going to draw a lot of parallels to the VPR reunion, because let's be honest, that's kind of what we were expecting. And we're on the same tier, right? It, it is. It really is. And obviously, you know, Scandal will always be at a much higher tier than really anything else that happens on Bravo because it was so polarizing. However, this is the biggest bombshell to happen right before a reunion since then. Yeah. So it's easy to draw the parallels. What we saw in that reunion was people burning themselves out halfway through the first episode. Yep. They were done. They were tired. They used all their insults. This is much more, I don't want to say timid, but it seems a little more calculated. It yeah, seems like exactly they're kind of holding on for a little while. They're relaxing. They're easing into it, much like we do with our preamble, <laughs> or we talk about Bravo, but they're getting themselves warmed up. And yes, we're getting a little bit of a taste, like you said, from Monica, from the other women to go after her, but they're not overdoing it. And I do think that Andy has a big thing to do with that because he's not directing the questions immediately at Monica. We're talking about things in chronological order. We're working our way from episode one until the end. So hopefully that holds up i'm at least very pleased if i look back at the three-part reunion and say you know what episode one was actually really good and i was not expecting that if they blow up in episode two and it spills over to episode three i'm okay with that yeah i am too and i'll watch i mean obviously we'll watch all of it but i think i'll be entertained by most of it just because again even it was with, a really good season yeah, even outside like, yeah. of the monica thing it, like the obviously that was a huge bombshell but the rest of the season was very good we praised this season from episodes one through 13 and then obviously the 14th episode was crazy yeah so i think that that's probably why it's you know as polarizing an event as it is i mean add to it all the crazy things that are coming out now which i will say play into how i'm watching this because if i didn't see Monica driving around Jen Shaw's house, taking videos, hacking into her security cameras, which, by the way, I guess it's not really hacking in. She's the one that set them up for right. Jen and set the passcode. So it's not like she did some crazy. It's still fucked up, but it's not like she's some crazy it's computer. Still spying genius. on somebody. It is totally. I and just it's meant still Jen's property. Like regardless of the fact that you're the one who put the password in there, doesn't mean that you're not spying on somebody. That's still illegal. I'm not minimizing it. I'm saying. No, I know. I know. I I'm know. saying it makes it sound like she's some computer genius that was like, I hacked into the system. It's like no, she's typed in the code. Yeah, she's she set up an account. Yeah, that's all you did. But knowing all that stuff, watching her kind of squirm through this and she has rebuttals for everything. She's pretty quick. You can tell she gets frazzled and will just like snap back and usually repeat whatever the other woman said to her, which is not the best move. But seeing, I don't believe anything she's saying. I don't know about you, but like all the stuff that's coming out of her mouth, I'm like, I, if I didn't know the shit I know now, I'd probably buy it. I, I still believe it. I think I have a different take on it. Oh, I like. I don't think that she's just rattling things off. I think she's actually still pretty composed too. She is composed. Yeah. I only think she gets on. Un- I don't think she was squirming at all in this episode. I, I don't mean squ- so. Let me rephrase. You said squirm. I did say squirm. I think she's composed. I think she's doing a good job. I think when she gets caught up in certain moments, you see her like she needs to chill with the reactions to the other women talking when they're not even talking about her because that's doing her no favors. I don't like that when she's like on the side like. 
this isn't about you. She could have, uh, whatever. We'll get into we'll it. Get let's into just it. get into the episode. Yeah, so let's dive in. I was actually surprised because we actually start out with Monica. It leads from a Jen Shaw comment. Because Andy wants to know from the ladies, like, did you have some nerves coming into the season? You don't have Jen Shaw here. And for all intents and purposes, up until this point, she has been somewhat of the focal point of the show, for better or worse. Mainly worse, because she was brutal. But... Heather admits, like, yeah, you know, there was some nerves going into it. And I think that we did, too. I think when we talked about it, or at least last year when we were talking about Jen going to jail, we were apprehensive. Like, can this show do it without Jen? Which, by the way, not only could they, they did a much better job without Jen, which is great. And the focus was not on Jen during the season. So, to me, she's out. I know yeah. I know they'll bring her back when she's out of prison because it's Bravo. But in my head, they don't they really don't need her. And I think Heather said it really well. She's like, we wanted a chance to stand alone to prove ourselves. And they brought it, you know, and that's it's a good thing. And they need you need to give them their flowers and flowers are due. They had a chance to prove themselves and they did. They all yeah. did a great job. No, I think that I think it was pretty clear that Heather knew that com- or that question was going to be coming her mm-hmm. way or at least to the group. She already had this thing typed out and ready to roll. Oh, for sure. She had this rehearsed and it look, I'm not going to take away from it because it was really well said. We love it, preparation. It it mirrored everything that we've been saying pretty much since last year. I mean, we had those same concerns and it's nice to see that she didn't take the standpoint of, no, we knew that what we had was special and all of our friendships are great and everything. She she was pretty honest with us. Yep. She knew. Yeah, yeah. People really like watching this show. Because of Jen Shaw and her toxicity and people watched it last year for the sole purpose of watching Jen go to prison and watching her last moments on TV. That's the reason people were watching last year. Now you're moving on without her. What do we have? They were getting heavily criticized for not really having a personality. Can they carry a show? What are we going to be able to see? And she's right. We watched all of their relationships change and grow and fall apart and come back together. And it was fun to watch for the majority of the season. Yep. It was a really solid season, as we've said. But that goes to the $6 ring thing. And I figured it would come up, obviously. I didn't know if they were going to address the rumors of whether or not she stole it. What do you think? Do you think there's any world in which she actually stole a $60,000, sorry, $58,000 ring? Thank you for the correction, Lisa. No. No, no right? I don't think so. Like, that's a major, that's kind of where. But that's the low hanging fruit that I was talking about. Like you can just blame everything on Monica at this point, much like you can blame once somebody gets found out for being a thief in general, all of a sudden everything that's gone missing in your life, that person probably stole it from you. They could have done that pretty easily. And it doesn't even seem like Lisa really thinks Heather set made the one comment yeah. saying, well, yeah, obviously the thought crossed my mind, right. whether or not the thought crossed her mind then versus now is, di- is yeah, completely it's... different. But I really don't think at the core of any of them at the time that they really thought that Monica stole it. And I still don't really think that Monica stole it. I think that Lisa just lost it or got lost in transit. Who knows? Well, I have two questions for you on top of that. Do you think that Lisa and Heather started the rumor? One of those two did. Are you going to ask the second question? or No, I'm going to wait to answer One by one? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that one of them started it. I agree. And the second question is... Do you think it's because she's in a lower financial class than they are? Is that why they're leaning on that? Oh, well, she must have stole it because they, they've they heard her talk about the purse, how she didn't want to buy the purse, and she doesn't can't afford the purse, and she can't afford certain lifestyles. Do you think that that plays into it at all, or is that her reaching? I don't think so. I think that's Monica reaching. Um, now, look, I mean, she... I don't blame Monica for painting it like that because that's the way to get sympathy from the people that are supporting Monica. Because let's be honest, there's still a lot of people out there that are supporting Monica. And they are very loud, very boisterous about it. 
And if I'm Monica, if I want to drum up some sympathy towards me or some people on my side, I'm going to play the classism card and blame these rich people for blaming the poor person on the show for stealing the ring. That's, of course, what I'm going to do. Oh, so it's solid gameplay on Monica's part. Yeah, I think that Monica came in prepared for that, and she's been thinking about it, and we talk about it all the time. you got to go home and watch the tape. It seems like everybody on this show went home and watched the entire season, and they were ready and they were prepared, and that's what we like to see. I think that that's what Monica's plan was. I understand that. At the end of the day, no, I really don't think that Heather and Lisa are blaming Monica because she's of a lesser standing financially than they are. I think they're just throwing it out there because, look, Monica's in trouble at this point. We found out that she's doing all this shit. Let's just throw everything at her. Let's just put some rumors out there. Let's fight fire with fire. She's been putting out rumors about us. Let's do the same thing back to her. I get it. They're scorned. I think that's a good good analysis there, Magoots. But back to you, Steel. <laughs> back to you in the studio, Steel. But. We move on from there, and we get further into her relationship with Jen. How exactly did that relationship come about, and what was the relationship? And this is why I don't believe anything Monica's saying. And obviously, the stuff prior plays into it, and the stuff coming out right now plays into it. But she goes on this whole tirade about how, no, we were just friends, and she needed help, so I was helping her out. I wasn't getting paid. I don't believe that for a second. That doesn't make any sense at all that you'd be running errands for somebody and not getting paid. And I've noticed it throughout the season. Anytime someone says assistant, she's very, very clear. Like, no, that's not what the setup was. She wants to make sure that she doesn't get labeled. As, she just doesn't like the label. She right. doesn't like to sound like she was Jen Shaw's bitch. Like, that's the only reason she keeps clarifying. But her job title has to be assistant because you're doing assistant things. You're making sure she shows up for things on time. You're going grocery shopping. You're doing her dirty work and her little chores throughout the day that's literally an assistant there's look there's nothing wrong with being an assistant nothing wrong with being an yes assistant. it's jen shaw's assistant which is a problem you yeah. want to be disassociated from jen shaw as much as possible but at the end of the day an assistant is a fine job yeah, and look you're the one who looks stupid for not getting paid that's the thing like what she must have been getting something out of it and obviously people are going to say that she was clout chasing and she just wanted to ride her coattails get invited to parties be around these other women maybe get a shot at the show things like that my mind goes to Jen was probably giving her like old clothes, maybe some jewelry that she oh, didn't want, maybe. you know, things like that. Like yeah. there has to be something in there Which for were her. stolen from old people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and those are the types of things that Monica does not want people to know. So I, I oh, get I like that, that part of it. There's just no, no way in hell that Monica's going through all of this as a quote unquote friend. Because no. at the end of the day, friends don't do that for each other, at least on a regular basis. Like, yeah, I'll go pick somebody up some coffee if they need it. But I'm not going to do it every day. No, be crazy. Not. And I guarantee you, I will never go grocery shopping for any of my friends. No, I won't. Unless I'm also eating. I will pick something up for dinner for us. If you and I are going to make some dinner together. Don't threaten me with a good a little time. love in the kitchen. But yeah, I'll do that. I'm not going to go grocery shopping for something. Like that. You're an assistant and that's okay. It's totally fine. But she denies it like vehemently. Like that word. Thank you. And then we get a clip. A sound clip. The, all of these women have receipts, by the way, and oh, they yeah. all hit. Like we see so many times, people pull out a bedazzled notebook and not. I don't know if Meredith's receipts really hit, but we'll get to that part. The, no, Meredith didn't hit, but they hit as far as entertainment value right, goes, right. and like they actually showed them. A lot of times, we get folders, and then nothing comes out of the folders. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're getting into them at least. But Heather pulls out her phone. It reminded me of role models. I don't know if you've seen that movie. I'm sure you have. When I they're have, in yeah. the office, and that dude is getting, he's going to trial. And they're going. Bob Riggle, isn't it? 
No, 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 not Rob Riggle. It was oh. it was a bald guy, and they, she was like, "I just don't know how we're gonna get you out of this." He's like, "I didn't do it," and it's like, "Well, they have you on tape," and it's like on the film. The guy's like, "Look at me stealing TVs!" Like who? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who that, I mean, that Jim is exactly Johnson stealing TVs. But you know what? That's that's good gameplay by Heather. It's great. She asked a very pointy question, and that gives Monica the chance to squirm out of it or try to explain her way out of it. And Monica didn't take that opportunity. Nope. If somebody is going to say something that I specifically know and remember saying explicitly, like Monica did about the Kim Kardashian well, thing. Heather phrased the question as Monica said it. Yes. Like she verbatim. Like it was like a her. fucking deposition. <laughs> like you have to answer this question. You denied it. Well, we've got you on, on film or rather on audio saying exactly what I just asked you. Yep. So that was really dumb. And I don't know how Monica got her way out of that one. I think it's more that Heather caught her, which I love this, by the way, caught her, knows that she caught her and didn't press the issue. Doesn't have to. You don't have to. Like, this is now the court of public opinion. Yep. We are going after Monica because we want everybody to understand what kind of person she is. She's lying about something dumb like this. She's going to lie about other shit. And she does. We catch her in more lies later and we'll get to that. But they're all saying that she's using Jen to get on the show. And then finally, at least Monica breaks a little bit and goes like, why wouldn't I try to get on the show? And that's fair. Like, that's fine. And that's where I actually get like flustered when we have these conversations with other people or like I read the comments and stuff when they get so up in arms about how some of these castmates join any show, whether it's a housewife show, a Southern charm, you name it. People seem to take umbrage when they're like, oh, they're a friend of so-and-so or, oh, they're a fan of the show. It's like, yeah. How do you think they got interested? Like, why do you think they want to be on it? We need to get past that. I don't think that that's, and maybe I'm in the minority there, but I don't think that that is like a scarlet letter on somebody just because they wanted to be on or a fan prior. Like, I think that that is almost anybody we're going to see. If this was when Bravo was starting out, and you would get those organic women that wanted to sign up without really knowing what was going on or having seen the show. Yeah, it's a different time, though. Like, Bravo is getting more and more popular. Like, you look around, Scandaval launched it to a different stratosphere. So you're going to have people that want to get on these shows for clout chasing, for reasons like this. It's up to Bravo to pick and choose who comes on and how much prior knowledge they have. But to assume that anybody's getting on the show without prior knowledge, without being somewhat of a fan of the show, is naive. Yeah, no, and we even talk about that because when you get these new people on the show, our first question is always, have you seen this before? Do you not understand how this works? You look stupid right now because yeah. they just caught you in something that you should have seen coming miles and miles away. How do you not understand how this works? It's a game and you need to get that. I Look, I, Monica didn't cop to it immediately, but she did eventually say, yeah, I sent that email. Did she fudge some of the words and try to make it seem like she was a lot cooler than she was? Yes, she definitely did. And we looked at it. This is us, Steele and I, just doing our homework. Oh, we yeah, back. homework. We had to make sure that we saw the timestamp on that email. It was November 21st in 2021. Yep. And November 11th, 2021. Ah, there you go. I got Perfect. you, bro. Look at you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Yeah, and that's right around season two. So that makes sense. And this is not... I would have said if you just asked me that question plainly, when do you think Monica tried to send an email to Bravo to try to get on the show? I would have said sometime during season three. Yeah. I'm the one who put Chen Shah behind bars. You want me on this show is what I probably would have said that she said. She didn't. She just said, honestly, probably what thousands and thousands of other people who are trying to get on this show do. You need somebody like me. I'm going to bring a different value to this show. I'm going to show people who watch this show a little bit different than what the rest of these women can show. Like, everybody probably does that. Monica got picked up. What would your email say? (sighs) What show am I trying to get on? Um, Southern Charm. Mm. No, Summer House. Oh, that's an easy one. Let's hear it. I would have my friends take clips of me out. On weekends, okay, and I would save them and clip them up, and the sort way, of like a I highlight. Have, reel. I think I have some of those. You probably do. <laughs> I would put together like a highlight reel, something like you might be able to see. Shout out to all the guys that are listening right now, like Tavon Austin's highlight tape. That's every guy knows that one. Put a little music in the background, put that in there, and say, "Hey, just watch this." I already know what music. Where are you? <laughs> that would just be me doing karaoke at that point. But the rest of the music, we'll figure that out. I'll keep the uh, the karaoke. Delay might be out. DMX, honestly. Oh, <laughs> that would be great. But that was the second lie that she got caught in because she says, I emailed the show and I said, this show sucks. This cast sucks. The ratings are this cast is shit. The ratings are shit. And you need me is pretty much what she said. You could see Andy get visibly upset with that. Yeah. He like, this is probably the moment in which Monica got whacked from the show because Andy's like, oh, well, you're done. But that's twice now that somebody said that about Salt Lake. Mary said that when she was on Watch What Happens Live. But neither of them are right. Well, Monica might be right. I, I think, well, no, I don't think it was about to get canceled after last season. They just needed a serious overhaul. They, yeah, they weren't going to get canceled. We know that Bravo will not cancel things on a moment's notice. No, and like, was last season a disaster? Absolutely. There's no redeeming qualities about last right. season. I'm not here to defend you it. You have all. to see what the fallout looks like from Jen Shaw. Correct. So it would have been season three or four regardless, but I was confused because she says that she went to the feds to out jen shaw she's like i have info and it's panned over to the other ladies and it's almost like heather had an issue with it she like makes a face like oh see is, is that cloud but i chasing? think it's a lie no it's not cloud chasing i think that they caught her in a lie because she said that she had friends who worked for secret service is that what it was that's what she had said originally that she had a friend that works in secret service and she talked to him she said this on the show pretty early oh, on yeah the first or second episode but maybe that's about, she reached out like that's the fed that she reached yeah, out. yeah she maybe she just wanted nah, to see nah, what nah, nah. go through those channels nope. to figure that you don't think so no she didn't know him because it's like the little this is what i'm saying like she's starting the white lies pile up and now when she says something that could or could not be true i'm gonna lean towards the latter because the little it's just little shit and that's the funny thing what like, have you ever heard an informant say hey i was an informant Never, never. You get, you get whacked. <laughs> yeah, like you get whacked. Angie K's gonna come out there. She's gonna hit on you. Yeah, careful, careful. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think that she did too much. I bet she was probably threatened because she's associated with Jen. She was her assistant. 
Yeah, maybe she, she was probably she, was, uh, she was probably threatened by some sort of law enforcement agency that said, "Hey, we have you doing this, this, and this. Maybe you know about it. Maybe you don't. But you're associated with it, and you're facing some time unless you flip on her." Oh yeah, they You'd pressed be her. Proud to be an informant, you snitch. They <laughs> snitches get stitches, dude. But moving on, we get into like a friendships conversation. We start to go through each of the women's friendship with one another and Whitney seems to be the the centerpiece for all of this and it's funny when you play the clips back I didn't really realize how many times Whitney kind of forced an issue with multiple women in this group and it was funny to watch I was like wow she might be the common denominator of the problem but when they start to dive into Meredith it was really funny because they're like do you see how you can deflect from things do you see how you were trying to set up the rumor and all this and if Meredith being Meredith is like, actually, I see quite the opposite, Andy. And let me tell you why. And she goes into this whole crazy thing where she's talking about, we finally find out what was going on with her friend passed away. Like, nobody knew that. That would have been good to know. It would have made a lot of sense as to why you were so weird on that one trip, talking about the Hubs and the rumors. Meredith. So that would have been... I know it's not our place, like, if you don't feel like sharing that, but if you're going through something and the rest of the women are going through stuff and they talk about it, I just feel like that would give the audience a little more sympathy and more over than that, just understanding of, like, your behavior in certain moments. That would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, I I, I get that. And look, I'm not going to try to preach on how people should act when they're grieving from something if that's what meredith was going through it's not her place to, it, i get it that would obviously it helps more than just the audience it helps you at the end of the day because if you tell everybody else in the group before you go on a on a trip you know what happens on trips and housewife shows people get singled out people get into fights and this is what's going to happen if you tell one person you tell lisa lisa will tell whitney will tell heather whoever you just have to tell one person so that somebody will have your back Otherwise, if you get into an issue like you did on that trip, they're going to go after you. And when you bring something up, they're going to have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And they're going to immediately discredit it. And they're going to immediately say that it's convenient for you to bring up random things to try to squirm your way out of this. Squirm is the word of the day. Apparently, I can't get it off my brain. This is what's going to happen. So, yeah, you're going to help yourself, but you're going to help us at home because we'll take your side. But she says like the women in the group don't care to ask about me. Like don't care to ask how I'm doing. It's like, you don't make Meredith yourself never very shares anything personal. You don't share anything personal. Anytime people try to have a conversation with you, you disengage and walk away. If it's a pressing issue, you, you say something mean and walk away or walk away and then say something mean and bring up a rumor. Hey, like in one, like at that dinner, like, can you see how with the rumors and shit that's messed up that you leave the table and then you say and imply things about her marriage and then at the same time, did Angie come on too strong? Was Whitney coming on too strong at times? Are there moments in which you're getting pressed too hard? I don't think that Angie was coming on too strong at that point. And obviously we talked about this. I thought it came out ago. of nowhere. It, no, it didn't. It came after that party that they had where Meredith was the one who they traced the source of Sean's behaviors in Salt Lake and all the rumors that were surrounding him. That wasn't at the table at the dinner when they were. No, but springs. it was before then. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I got the timeline mixed up. Yeah, there. no, that, this was before then. So that happened, and they hadn't had a chance, and Angie was going back after Meredith because Meredith backed away. But, I mean, that it's just that was a precarious situation because— Whitney was, shouldn't have gotten involved in that. Whitney should not have gotten involved in that. At the same time, Angie forced herself onto that trip, so there was tension to begin with. It's a weird example, but at the same time, it's a it's a very good example of 
this was fucked up. This was also fucked up. Meredith, can you see how both sides are wrong? And Meredith's response is, I don't need an excuse. It's like, what do you, that's not the question. Yeah. She says, I don't need an excuse. And Angie brings it up. Like you tried to mess my marriage up. You tried to mess, you were calling into question rumors about my marriage. And she said, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. I was, I have it right here. Well, allow me to read it for you. And she reads it. Oh man. And it says about the husband, rumors and nastiness about the husband, not the marriage. What? Everything that's going to be, first off, husband is a term that you only use in marriage. marriages. That's it. No <laughs> other time. say your, your life partner nope. or uh, your roommate. Nope. Uh, father of your kids or anything like that? No, your pal. You are like it's just semantics, and I'm happy that Lisa was the one who called it out. And she always it semantics. semantics, dude. She always does, yes, because she doesn't want to answer the question. And now I'm double thinking. I think I do have the timeline wrong because I think that came out before. Thank You're you. right. I knew yeah. it. Yeah. I'm confusing that party with the fresh snow party. Yeah, no, no, earlier. no. That okay. was the first. Thing. They did too, and it looked like they it was in the same two, place. But no, okay, correction. All right, cool. Omission. Omission. That's what I'm saying. Rather so than Angie... having Steele go back and edit it out, I'm just going to apologize to everybody. My time line was off yep i'm not going back and editing that out yeah he's got he's got floods i've got to deal with all this water in my basement but that dinner was weird because i did feel like angie came in hot out of nowhere because we didn't know that they had drama in the past and that's when meredith gets up from the table blah 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 but meredith's big response is that like the women in the group don't care to ask but it's not like she's approachable she's not making herself open and available to talk and if anyone brings up an issue she doesn't want to talk about she disengages and walks away. So Lisa jumps in to try to smooth things over. And Lisa did a good job this episode, I think, of not going too far, yep. of staying kind of reined in and also being able to contribute without a lot of times when she contributes, she makes it about herself. There was a couple moments where she got close, but she kept it about the topic for the most part. Respect to Lisa here. And this is where she's like, I don't need an excuse. I don't need to see both sides. And you guys trivialize things that hurt me. Nobody's trivializing anything. You didn't tell anybody. You can't trivialize something they don't know. They're, maybe you're saying they're trivializing your feelings because you felt a certain way, but you're acting how you always act when you're pissed off about something. You get up, walk away, and say mean shit. So why would anybody think or know that somebody that close to you has passed away? Like, it's just, it's tough. Obviously, all the sympathy in the world going through what you went through. For sure. Yeah. But the, at the end of the day, it just comes down to a mind reader. We don't know. And and look, if she did it in the, t in the moment back then, we can forgive her if now she can understand that. If you can see the other side of that and say, yeah, you know what? I withheld information from you guys. And I understand when I just do like, They gave her every opportunity. Andy did it. Lisa did it. Heather did it. Whitney did it in her own clumsy way. Everybody asked her the same question. Do you understand now why we might not be able to understand what you're talking about? You just throw some random thing out there and say that it's an excuse and then run away and you're very highly emotional and you get yourself out of these confrontations all the time. You've done this for years. Do you understand why we're confused by that? No. She just she is so exactly. She's so stuck in it that it's like, okay, help yourself out right now. You didn't help yourself out back then. We'll give you a pass because you were grieving. Fine. But do it now and sit down and say, yeah, I get it. You guys are fine. Everybody can move on then. Do you know how far it would go for the audience oh. if Meredith was able to swallow some pride? Just take some responsibility? Dude, sure. As you would jump up 10 notches in my book. But this is, speaking of omitting things, this is crazy. This oh, yeah. reveal this is, is this nuts. Is wild. This is nuts because we get to Lisa and Whitney. And obviously, if you listen to our episode at that party when 
Whitney claims that Lisa didn't even acknowledge her after her friend had passed away from cancer. She doesn't say a word to her at the party. We went back and checked. Shooter, during this episode, went back and watched to make sure that we were certain that this was not in the original episode. We go to the clip. Lisa does walk up and hand Heather the jewelry and make like a couple of jokes and hug other people, but then immediately turns to Whitney and says, hey, are you doing okay? Are you okay? And gives her a hug and has a small conversation about Mm -hmm. it. And Whitney's response is pretty much like, I don't really want to do this right now. So that changes everything. She acknowledges the fact that Lisa came over and said that to her. Like it does. It changes everything. And maybe the only thing that I can think of, because usually when Bravo does this and they air something at the reunion, they'll put a little tag on the screen that says never before seen footage. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't do that. So I was really confused. And I'm like, did we just overlook all of that and just get so hung up? Because we were so stuck in the Lisa only cares about Lisa thing during that. We were three or four. We went nuclear on that episode. Yeah, it was like three or four straight episodes where we just kept talking about talking about talking about it. And then it came to a head at that party. And that was all the evidence that we needed. And we went overboard on that we, we did we didn't have all the information but that's I, not I, our but fault that's, it's not <laughs> our fault and that's why i went back because again they didn't say it was never before seen footage and i'm like what, did we miss it i i don't understand i sat there on peacock on my phone and scrolled all the way through the episode it was not in there i don't get it why would they leave something like that out that's, that's only damning to lisa unless they were trying to push this but i don't i just can't understand the logistics of they this. were trying to create drama but this is a season where you didn't need to do that this is a topic you, you definitely didn't, didn't it need made to whitney look great in that episode and now that makes whitney look like an idiot it does and it's calling into question a lot of her behavior this literally changed my entire outlook on whitney and lisa throughout the season in one omitted they little... have a true friendship they they look they have a true friendship the true love. Friends. Well, no, that was Heather and Whitney is, is love true at love, sight. love at first sight, whatever. Lisa and Whitney are true friends. They're real friends. They're real friends. But after all of this, the back and forth and everything, Meredith chimes in and goes, can we just say that we all have different experiences and respect that? No, because <laughs> that's not what happened. You can't do that. And you, I know what you're doing. You're saying different experiences to make up for all of your shitty behavior and not answering to certain things and playing the semantics game. I get the move, but absolutely not because this changes everything. This is a fucked up omission by Bravo production. And they don't know that at the time. There's no way that they're sitting there knowing that it was left out because Whitney was still, it was as if Whitney didn't know or was in the same place that you and I were watching that. Yeah. She just completely blocked that out of her mind because now we're going back and looking at this episode completely differently. Whitney went nuclear on Lisa in that back room with JB husband boss walking around and completely eviscerated her. And we were on Whitney's side because we did not see Lisa apologize and check on Whitney when she got there. Now I feel bad for Lisa. This scene, even in the reunion, the scene started off exactly how we remember it and they edit it to make it look even funnier yeah everyone comes over hey how are you how are you how are you even monica comes over and goes i got you i got you you're okay everything's gonna be fine lisa walks in and goes hey guys <laughs> i've got some things here here you go heather and we're like laughing audibly laughing at that because it's still so funny we didn't see the rest of it why did you withhold that information from us and we were laughing in my living room and then she turns to Whitney and goes how are you and i went huh whoa when what did that fuck? happen? Like, what is this? Because that's the other thing is we didn't know that Whitney went nuclear on Lisa later in the episode. So we would have watched that entire scene. We wouldn't have overlooked any of that. Oh. So it's very it's very confusing. It was a confusing uh, thing to leave out of the original episode. But, you know, 
Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Apologies. Our bad. Uh, that's on us. We didn't well, it's know. not on us. That's our problem. It's not on us. Yeah, come on. But uh, we get towards Angie K and some of her stuff throughout this season. And the first thing that's brought up is the rumors a little bit. They touch on it more later, but it's more pointing towards her relationship with Monica. And she says, I gave Monica the benefit of the doubt because I felt bad for her. I thought we were friends prior. Clearly, we're, we're not. But the next thing, the next topic is, does Lisa take accountability? And we watched this all season. And was she self-absorbed, not just at the Whitney party that we didn't see it? Yeah. She had a lot of moments where we were both like, Jesus Christ, like the $60,000 ring when Monica brought that up, like 60, 60, 60. You did say it way more than three times. It was irritating. You brought it up again when you got to Palm Springs. It was the first thing you said to Trixie was, I lost my $60,000 ring. You brought it up too much. And there was a lot of moments in which you were self-absorbed when you're talking to JB husband boss. He goes to respond to a conversation in which you brought up. But I think that that's 100% true. I think she does not like to take the blame for anything fully. I think she'll sit there, deflect, and try to spin it as to why she's right. And she never can just flat out say like, yeah, I was wrong there. And Whitney, well, go ahead. Well, we kind of, we saw that during, and I think this is, Whitney's probably her best point which some of it obviously we're not really privy to because it has to do with her behavior, Lisa's behavior, when things happen and how she responds to the rest of the group, either via text message or phone calls for those days after. And we saw this at the, I guess it was Whitney's party and she was doing a moment of silence when Monica and Lisa were having it out. Oh, that's what she was talking about, the accountability. Yes. And at the end of it, Monica walked over to Whitney and said, hey, it was a really great party. I'm going to get out of here. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Lisa didn't say bye. Lisa was just talking about the Monica thing the entire time and blaming Monica the whole time, but never once said anything about Whitney's party or everything else that was going on. She was just very much in herself. And I get that because that's what Whitney is talking about. When it comes to confrontations, Lisa does get flustered. And then at that point, she becomes self-absorbed because she's deflecting so much and pushing it on the other person and never taking blame for herself that even to the outside people, the people who are not involved in the fight, she doesn't take the responsibility then. Lisa was talking during that moment of silence the she, whole time. Yeah, I mean, not just the moment of silence. The whole this. Maybe she the wasn't party. the aggressor. Maybe yeah, she wasn't the bullshit. one who was pushing. That's not true. They were. She both, was involved. It was a fifty-fifty. Bo- yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. They were both involved. Monica took her part. Yeah, my bad. Shouldn't have done that. Lisa is still pinning it all on Monica, yes. and that's where we see the lack of accountability, which is frustrating with Lisa, and it is a recurring thing. And then that's when Whitney brings up anytime there's a confrontation. We're supposed to be friends. You claim that we're real friends. When we have a confrontation, you pull back. You don't just, like, get distant. You just flat out ignore us. And, like, I agree. When Whitney's like, just say I need some space. And to Lisa's credit, I can do that. I can do that. And hopefully she will. She wanted to say more, and Andy cut her off for the question. But to her credit, again, didn't talk over Andy. Growth. Yeah, at least it did have a really good episode. I will give her that. She did. It was solid for her, but we get into uh, the marital issues and Whitney and Justin and our excuse for the wedding ring is that it didn't fit, which she didn't know, which by the way, it may not fit now. And I'm just going to say this. And I'm glad they're in a better place. She says they're doing well. 14 years of marriage got ups and downs. Sure. I got you. And I don't, I don't root against you guys. I hope you, everything's great. If the wedding ring did not fit and you brought it up to Justin, Justin would have said, it doesn't fit. Yeah. He wouldn't have just said, ah, it's in my dresser. He would have gave you like an excuse. Hey, it doesn't fit. It was in the dresser for weeks. Yeah. So 
now he wears it on his neck um, necklace. It's still, I don't know why you wouldn't get a bigger ring. Maybe he just likes that ring sentimental value. I don't know. It's still not. You stretch it out. This is a this is a completely different question, but how does that work? You just kind of like heat it up and stretch it out, don't you? Oh, I'm sure you get it resized. They can add space into it. Yeah. Unless it's tungsten. If it's tungsten, you can't cut through tungsten. He seems like a tungsten kind of guy. Yeah. 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 If you That's actually why if you break your finger with a tungsten ring on. Cut it off, right? Cut your finger off. Yeah. Finger off? Yeah. You can't cut through tungsten. I mean, you can. What about like, with more tungsten? I, I'm sure there's ways to cut through tungsten, but I'm telling you right now, if you break your finger with a tungsten ring on and your finger is bent and swollen to the point they can't get the ring off, they will cut your finger off. So wow. think about that when you're buying a wedding ring. Anybody out there, public service announcement. Tungsten looks cool. You can lose a finger. Okay? But back to Justin. <laughs> um, I, it is nice to hear, like, because, look, we have our opinions about these dudes on the shows, and we only get to see very, very few scenes with them, and we draw those opinions on their interactions with their wives. And if this is a moment in which they're not doing well, Justin's not going to come off well. I still don't think he's awesome, but it is nice to hear the women in the group. Like Heather's like, Justin's great. He's a great guy. You hear some other women like, yeah, yeah. Like they're all in agreement that he seems like a solid dude. So they know better than we do. I'm not here to say he's not. I'm saying through the interactions that we saw this season, not awesome. I don't buy that the ring didn't fit. That doesn't make any sense or it would have been brought up. That's a much simpler explanation than it's in his dresser. But at the same time, this just hit me. I could 100% see Whitney using that and saying he kept his ring in the dresser for two weeks, knowing that it didn't fit. She would totally do that. I don't know about that. No. I think she would. She's she not uses that calculated. Things. She's not that calculated, but she she has those weird moments in which she ah. uses evidence that's not actually real no, evidence. We we know they were in a bad place. We saw it. They talked about it on uh, they, Meredith's podcast. They talked about it on Meredith's podcast and did not talk in their car. Exactly. And they did not go out to dinner together. There was a whole thing. We There was a whole storyline in the middle of the season about Justin and Whitney's relationship and how it was on the rocks and all these other things. No, I don't believe it for a fucking second. He took yeah. his wedding ring off because they were having a hard time and potentially separated. Uh, who knows? Which, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. If they're having a hard time, you don't... But I also get why Whitney would make up this whole story at the reunion to try to throw people off the scent. It's just, you know... I don't. I don't care enough about that relationship. No, it's really not that important. Like, yeah. I just think I got stuck on it because that's how my brain works. But that's we, okay. We talk about Angie and Sean, and obviously we know about that rumor. She says that they're great. Their daughter Electra is doing well, and I, as I figured, the rumor probably fizzled out after a week or two. And so it's not like people are still walking around Salt Lake going, "There's a dude that fucks dudes." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it blew over at this point. But it's nice to hear that everything's okay there because. That's another relationship that seemed a little strange. They seemed a little bit far distance from one another. Hanging by a thread. Hanging by a thread. That should be the theme of the season via Meredith Marks. Hanging by a thread. Everybody could have went on that goddamn show. Get some cookies made. Hanging by a thread cookies. (laughs) That's when we get into the rumors and nastiness. And we never got them. And I never even thought about it. But we don't really know what, I mean, we know exactly what she was referring that, to. That She's is exactly what she was referring rumor. to. I know. And she yes. she did the old bait and switch, as we've seen in the past. And this is why, you know, we had a lot of people reach out to us in the DMs and in comments and stuff like that saying, so you're going to apologize to Meredith now because it was Monica? It's like, this doesn't vindicate Meredith from her shitty behavior. It doesn't take away from the fact that she is the one that dangled the rumor. That's where this all started. We forgot Most of us glossed over it because of everything that's happened recently. Let's not forget where this began. It began at that dinner with Meredith doing Meredith things. And I can understand if your standpoint now is, 
regarding Meredith's role in DMs that were sent or fake Instagrams that were made, things like that, if you want to just put that on Monica, while I agree, Meredith is not vindicated. She could still be behind all of those fake Instagrams. She could have been doing this for years. I am not immediately eradicating all of those rumors. However, she did say this verbally weeks and weeks and weeks before anybody knew anything about Monica. And I guess you could make the argument that a few of the cast members knew about Monica the entire season. I've seen that one be floating around. I, I find it hard to believe that if but even Jen, then it doesn't matter because Meredith still matter. said it. It really doesn't. She matter. still said it. It's on camera. She was talking about rumors. She was the centerpiece of the whole Sean and Angie thing at that party afterwards. Meredith does this and we know she does this. So no, we're not going to apologize to Meredith when she is talking about that during the season and then sitting at the reunion, just deflecting and not making any sense at all, but not answering any of the questions. We just want to know which rumors were you talking about? We know which rumors you're talking about. Well, we want to hear you say it, but and that, she just doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. And she does what she always does. Always. She is the queen of semantics and she has her receipts and she pulls them out there. It's folded up computer paper. And this is her chance or sorry, this is her approach would you have believed it a little bit better if it was in like a bedazzled folder? No, no, I, th there's nothing that she could Why'd you have make done. a point to say folded up computer paper because I would have she liked more effort. Okay. That's an effort thing. It's just her quote, Not, but she it's didn't just, even put anything in there. So it's, it's an effort thing. I want to take the time. We're going to see a burn book. I know. Monica. Well, that's, that's the other thing is we watch this and we know that there are some clips that are played for the crew, right? Like yeah. when they're sitting there, we can see the reactions to the clips that are played. I guess not all of them are clipped and or rather not all of them are shown to the rest of the crew because we just watched that scene. Mm -hmm. We don't need you taking out your own quote from a folded up computer paper that you just pulled out from wherever the hell that was. The pillows. They under keep the pillows. Under the yeah, pillows. yeah. I like that. <laughs> Pull that one out and just reread the quote that we just watched you say. She reads it again. With it, no more context. Zero context. It's just yeah, it doesn't help anybody. It. And her big claim is I never talked about their marriage. I never said anything about their marriage. I'll read you the quote. If you want me to get into the rumors and nastiness, you want me to get into the husband? What do you think that is? That's marriage. Yes. Husband is marriage. You would only use husband in the context of a marriage. How do you become a husband? You get married. You get married. Right. And who's the husband married to in this situation? Meredith. What? what? A wife. Angie. Wife. Oh. <laughs> Ergo, a this marriage. Is... We're talking about their marriage. This confusing. is the whole I know. This is the whole fucking point. You can't do that's not even semantics. You're just not answering the question. You're talking about a husband, and when somebody brings up, you say, I didn't say anything about a marriage. That it that doesn't make any sense. She repeats it five times. I didn't say anything about a marriage. I didn't say anything about a marriage. You did. You know what? Maybe she just wrote a new playbook for how you dodge questions. Uh, maybe. Just but this, make no sense and just new, repeat yourself. It's not a new playbook. This is Meredith's playbook. It's tired. It's old. It's like the Eagles playbook. Get a new one. It's brutal. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like that? No. Leave <laughs> me alone. <laughs> but Angie flat out says it's not fair to do that. Those rumors are dangerous, and they are. They're like we talk about it all the time. There's certain things that you don't do. You don't go after families. If there's children involved, you don't do that. You know the kid's gonna see it. That sucks. You just have to question, like really break that down. She's gonna have to question whether or not her dad cheated on her mom. It has nothing to do with whether it was a guy or a girl. That that doesn't matter. The infidelity is the part where it's like you're now calling into question the sanctity of that home that a child, an 11-year-old, who is more than capable of Google, is going to see shit like that. And that sucks. And for what fucking reason? What was know. Angie doing? 
Angie wasn't doing anything well, no, she to came anyone this her. season. She came after Meredith. That's where Meredith, like at that dinner, because I, I remember talking about it. When we talked about it, I was like, where did this come from? Angie just kind of out of nowhere takes a shot at Meredith while they're at the dinner because Angie doesn't like the way she's being treated at the trip. But again, you forced yourself on the trip. So that's where I got confused. And that's where uh, yeah, and then a long season. It has. But then Meredith stands up and that's when she gets an attitude. All right. Well, th- that is not tit for tat. It's no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, not even kind of. You can't be mad that somebody came on a trip uninvited and then start spreading rumors about infidelities within marriage. Yeah, absolutely not. That's that's not even remotely okay. But I did like the quote from Meredith. I've done a pretty good job of staying relevant myself, honey. Like, I don't need your help to stay relevant. She has. She has. She's been around for say four seasons. Will. And she's done a good job. Love her or hate her. She is Meredith Marks. If you ask Matt Rogers, he has her he's entire got the eye mask. He's got some cookies. He's got a Brooks a robe. Marks jumpsuit that he wore. Like, it's, he got everything. He got a fucking lanyard, I think. But yep. that's when we get back to somebody calls out Angie. Well, why did you say... And it was it Andy that called her out? Where he's like, only the only one that spreads their legs around here for other men is you. Yes. And this was a calculated move by Angie. And I like this move a lot because she she drops a rumor out there by apologizing pretty much. Because she says, I had heard some things that you and Seth were seeing other people. I apologize. I was like, oh, you just put a like, I didn't know that. I like that. That's a good move. I didn't know that either. And Meredith's response somewhat confirmed it almost too i thought so too. she said you can't bring up things from the past because it's not relevant anymore it's not re- we were in a hard we were in place. a hard place before but we're in a very good place Doesn't now say no yeah so once again this is working against meredith by not answering the question and not helping herself also giving credibility to angie because she had this all season right said one thing in the heat of the moment because she was fired up but didn't elaborate on it could have could didn't. have and saved it for the reunion and then drops it in a very, very smart way by just kind of putting it there, apologizing. Is Angie away. learning? Angie's definitely learning. After this season, Angie's definitely learning. She's, she had a much better season. I couldn't. She did. Honestly, I, I hated her last year. I hated her the first two or three episodes this year. I would have put Angie Harrington above Angie Kay last year probably last year probably just because she had that weird husband. Yeah, he, he... bring him back. I need that guy back. <laughs> Yeah, I made a Finsta. Oops, okay. I made a Finsta. All right, you fucking nerd. What are you, 55? Who does that? It's that guy up to. I, I would love to know what He's that probably guy. one of the six people on uh, Von I think. There's no way he's not. That's yeah, what his he original- taste, He got a taste for those rumors that he wants back in. Wait a minute. Because his original Finsta was against Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw exposed. Jen Shaw exposed. That had to get taken down because he got caught. He gets in cahoots with Monica. Monica- fa- <gasps> Wait. I've been saying Chris is part of this for weeks. I know you have, but I, no, I'm just breaking it down the whole way. So Monica sees him outed on the show. Oh, here we go. Okay. (laughs) She's already started this account, but she sees the show and she goes, Ooh, I've got an ally. She reaches out to him and she goes, Hey, why don't you join this account? They don't know about it. They don't know I'm behind it. You can add to this too. Let's all join forces. I've got the whole Shaw squad on my side. Let's drag this bitch right now. And then he gets involved. Sure. I think that's what happened. I think Could he's be. one of the bleeped out. I don't think the out. timeline really adds up, but Shut yeah. Shut up. I think he's one of the bleeped <laughs> out names. But in her first like solid reunion feud, Angie wins. She wins this one. She beat Meredith handedly. She did. And I, I 
tip of the cap to her. If you're not watching YouTube, I just yeah, tip my but cap. Meredith wasn't really performing that well. And I, I don't really think Meredith's that hard to defeat when it comes to an argument like that. Because... No, but Angie's not somebody I would put up against anybody. I don't think that she No, she got some confidence. She, she, she leaned does. into it. I appreciate it. She hit her it. stride. She has hit her stride. The last thing is just, you know, Angie drops that, you know, Monica was determined to get that rumor out there, which we all know she was. And she does what she did in the past. And I think it's important. We already talked about it. I'm not going to hammer it home, but it is important to note and not forget that the root of this entire thing started with that dangling of the rumor at that dinner. That was the beginning of this. And we can't take away from that because I think that that's what this is going to do. I think we're not going to get back to it at all. I think they're going to vindicate Meredith. I think she's going to get a pass on this because like I said in the beginning of this episode, Monica's the common enemy now. Mm -hmm. There is a bridge forward for all of the women. And I think they're tired of fighting. I think when they get to the end of these seasons, they probably want to make peace at these reunions, even if it's just a farce for the time being. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think there's something to say about the way that Meredith operates when she drops in little rumors and indicates that she might have a rumor about somebody without actually saying what the rumor is and let somebody else do the dirty work for her. That's somehow better than what Monica's doing by hiding behind a fake Instagram account and throwing that out there and actively trying to hurt the other women on the show. We're going to find out more, obviously, with that burn book, because I do have high hopes for the burn book. I have such high hopes, man. I'm trying very hard to not get my hopes up. I am, too. I, look, I said it last week, or I don't know. We've done a lot of shows. We were on Watch What Crappens on Monday. I don't even know what today is. It doesn't matter. If you haven't listened, go back and give it a listen. Go back and give it a listen. I am excited for once that we have three parts to this reunion. I am too. And I agreed last week that I thought I was going to eat my words. So far, I'm not. I am hopeful. We are one for one. I would be remiss not to include probably the best dig that Angie K has ever taken. And that was directed at Monica. Shit starts to blow up at the end of the episode, which is good for next week because that means we're probably getting into it. But she says, you're spending your kid's money on a fucking purse. I was like, ooh, shit. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that, that immediately comes right back to Monica starting off the show by calling her a bench warmer. Yep. So yeah. which I, also a good line. But that's the thing is uh, obviously we're going to get into questions now. I think there's going to be a lot of people that think that Monica came after these women and won this reunion. I don't think so. Maybe not yet. Like, again, we haven't seen the last two episodes. It all comes down to the book. But this episode alone, Monica didn't do shit. Monica didn't do anything. Monica had one line against Angie, which was a little mean, a little funny, and that's okay. But Angie came back and matched her, if not did a little bit better at the end of the episode. I feel like Angie beat her. So what did Monica do this episode that really makes all these people? Because I saw it on Twitter already. A lot of people are backing Monica saying she had a great episode. I don't agree. I think Monica had a great start. I think she faded quick. You know what? She but, but she the, was smart enough to not get involved in the other yes. things. So I guess we'll give her a little bit there. But that's not a great performance. That's just having a little bit of patience and seeing what happens. No, I agree with that. But I, I think that there's a lot to be said about the fact that She's picking and choosing her battles. I agree with you, though. I think she came out strong. I was I was not hopeful because I want to see... I, I need to see somebody be a clear winner at the end of all of this. Right. Whether it's Monica or the rest of the group, somebody needs to stand alone here. And I think she came in strong. I think it was a great intro. And then she kind of faded off. I agree with you. It was a smart play not to jump into the other stuff. But that's where I got frustrated in, like don't do the little reactions. If you're not going to engage, then don't even say it. Like, don't and that do could the... be anything. Honestly, we don't know how it's edited. She could have done that to any of the responses. It could have involved her at one point in time. 
people just want to see her react to things. They want to yeah. see her do that, roll her eyes, make noises, laugh things off. I, I'm sure she did to a lot of things that didn't involve her, but we'll find out. But all in all, one for one, great, great, great episode. Can't wait for the next one. But let's get to the questions. And up first, wow, we just posted these like 30 minutes ago. We got a lot. from. Ooh, I like this name. Sassy Pants Jackson, why are all of these women leaving the church, realizing it is toxic, and joining up again? I have no idea. We, we've been chastised before for not knowing shit about the Mormon church. I think I'm going gonna, gonna to tread carefully on this one. I'm not. I think that <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've given my thoughts on the Mormon religion. I'm fascinated by it. I think it's a fascinating religion. And it's not a knock on anybody out there that's Mormon. I'm just, I, it intrigues me. But I think that because in the Mormon faith, it's so centered around community and it's all encompassing. It's your entire life when you live out in Utah, like that seems to be how it is. So I think that when you lose that sense of community and for Monica, she was excommunicated and her ex-husband was not, or sorry, the brother-in-law she was having the affair with was not. I think that she didn't want to leave the church originally and found her only way back was to go do this. She probably was so lost. She didn't know where to go and just went back to the church. That would be my thought. No, yeah, that's fair. Uh, is a little different one from Miranda E412. Do you guys think Whitney needs to get demoted? She doesn't bring much. No, I, I, I disagree with that entirely. I feel like Whitney, we know what she is. We know that she's never going to be articulate with the things that she says, especially her own thoughts. But as we pointed out earlier, she mixed it up in a lot of different friendship battles and a lot of different things that were going on throughout the season. She was a mainstay for the most part. She was a mainstay and Whitney does what Whitney does. That's what you're going to get out of her. It's clumsy. It doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes, but every once in a while she'll pull a nugget out where you're like, whoa, that was a good one. And that's what you get. And she's a pivotal part to the show. This show's wacky. These women are kind of wacky. That's why we love it. And she plays a big role in that. So, no, I don't think that she deserves to be demoted. I think she needs to stay right where she's at. Oh, I like this from Abby Dave Dav. Do you think Monica's overacting now? She's got a taste of fame and is overdoing it. Yeah, I think there's going to be a huge component of her overdoing it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think we got hints of it this episode. I think yeah. it's going to get worse and worse, yeah. And she knows that she's the centerpiece at this point. Obviously, she's it's her first season, and she's sitting right next to Andy. That's pretty fucking crazy. I think she's going to overact for a little bit. But once we get into the nitty-gritty, I feel like we're going to be able to see her truly activated. I like the word activated because it was mm. used a lot tonight. I think that we're going to be able to see her in her true form because she's going to be playing defense a lot and you can't really act while you're playing defense, at least from what I've seen on these shows. From Mike Bros, as the bros, if someone calling, if someone called you a bench warming bitch, what would you do back? I have no idea. Say Google me, bitch. <laughs> yeah, we're the bros. <laughs> I was talking about my baseball stuff, but yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, Actually, I don't if you think... Google me, you'll see that I was a backup catcher for most of my career, but I played for a while. <laughs> so. I think the best response to that in general is probably just not answering. Maybe laughing it off. I think you just laugh it off. Yeah. All right, let's do one more. Do we got a good one in here? A really, really good one. Oh, I like this. We could speculate a little bit. From Steph Lynn 81 what did Andy say to Monica at the end? She could say the same thing to you, then M mumbled. I don't think I caught that. I didn't either. What do you think? Because that was during the interaction between Monica and Angie. Angie? 
Angie had said something about her spending the money on the purse. What could Andy, what is similar about Monica and Angie that he could say the same about you? I'm not really sure. I don't think that that applies. That could have been something completely different. Maybe she said something about her husband and like cheating or something like that. Possibly. I'm going to have to rewatch the tape. Maybe Monica said to him, wait till you see what's in this burn book, Andy. Hopefully. Just wait until there you see. One, I am, we kind of addressed it, but uh, Christy Jedlicki said, do you think whatever is in Monica's burn book is all smoke and no fire or flaming hot? <laughs> Scale of dry basement to flooded basement. Oh, I think. fuck you, because I have to go <laughs> deal with that in like five minutes. Do you know what I'm going to be doing? I have to go outside and drain my window. It's still pouring rain here. I have to go dry, or sorry, drain my window wells out probably shovel more dirt in the rain, then go in my basement for the next two hours and use my little pump. It's electric, thank God, so I don't have to like... Is it Swedish? Is it a Swedish Swedish-made pump? pump? No, it's not. If you watch Austin Powers, you get that one. Um, I'm not going to my basement to use a Swedish-made pump. <laughs> That's a very... One book on... One book. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. By Austin Powers. <laughs> what? Anyway, uh, I think that... If I had to make a decision on it, I would say it's probably all smoke, no fire. Okay, so I'm I'm separating my hopes and dreams here's, from reality. Here's what I'm going to do. I'll be this guy. I'll play devil's advocate. I would think that there's nothing on that. But I also thought the reveal at the end of the season was going to flop. It did not. As a matter of fact, there were two reveals at the end of the season. Both of them hit very well. I'm going to keep riding this wave of Salt Lake's doing it right and say that there is going to be one thing out of that book that hits. Okay. It may not be earth shattering, but it'll be good enough to be like, ooh, damn. I would take that. Yeah. I think one. Start off with it or you think it's the last one? I think it's. Or just something I, in the middle. I think it's going to be the first one. I think we're going to get so deep into it. We don't even get back into the book. Okay. I can see that. But uh, other than that, you got anything else? Nope. I think we ran through that bad boy. Yeah, that was a good app. That was a good app. I can't wait for next week. But remember to buy tickets to our live show January 25th, Green Room 42. It's a Thursday night, so go get your tickets now. Come hang out with the bros. It is in Times Square, like I said. Yes, indeed. Brought bros out here. See ya. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.